Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up woman. This podcast is brought to you by M&S Beauty. They've done the legwork so you don't have to. Prepare to be surprised. By the way, if you listen to this on a new app called Entail, E-N-T-A-L-E, you will be able to see pictures, shop links, and generally have a really relaxing magazine experience. Hi, I'm Annabelle Rifkin. And I'm Emily Wimikin. Emily, how are you today? Well, I'm absolutely fine, but every Monday I wake up and I think, oh God, if I just get through this week, everything's going to be absolutely fine. And it just never is. Every week. Every, every Monday. And Annabelle, how are you? I'm absolutely fine. But um, my PMT has started to blend into my mid-MT, has started to blend into my post-MT, and I'm like a marauding beast all the time. And I feel like there's no sweet spot anymore. And I feel like my hormones have been betraying me for my whole life, and I've kind of had enough. But apart from that, I'm absolutely fine. Martha, <laughs> Lane Good Fox morning. is with us today. Oh, well, how do you introduce Martha Lane Fox? Well, quickly. <clears throat> okay, quick. <laughs> she was the Briefly, face... without any embarrassingness. Okay, all right, I'll give it a go. <laughs> You can stop me at any time. No, you're not allowed to, actually. She was the face of the first dot-com boom as one of the founders of lastminute.com. She has overcome extraordinary adversity to become one of the UK's most notable businesswomen. She's been on the board at M&S and is currently a director of Twitter and most recently a non-executive director of Chanel. She is a formidable champion of women with roles at CamFed and as an internet agitator, the youngest female member of the House of Lords. If she ever has... Not anymore. Not anymore. I was when I went in there and now people have sort of become a thing and I'm so embarrassed because the leader of the House of Lords is a brilliant young woman called Natalie Evans. Oh. And she's substantially younger than me. She's not even 40, I think. And now oh my every God. time someone reads it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm it's so embarrassed. It's so awful when you go from being an enfant terrible to something else. I'm <laughs> yeah. just terrible now. Exactly, I'm not young. She is nearly the youngest female <laughs> exactly. member of the House of Lords. She once was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That been. is terrible. Once was the youngest. Once was young. Um, if she ever has a second, she also set up Dot Everyone, a charity fighting for a fairer internet and building a movement for responsible technology to benefit Dot Everyone. She's also so keen on karaoke that she founded Lucky Voice, revolutionising the karaoke industry. Basically, she's not effing about. Thank you so much for coming. Coming, Martha Lane Fox, how are you? I'm absolutely fine, but I'm going to tell you about the trauma going on in my house at the minute because we have two very beautiful, very ridiculous Bengal cats, which, as you may know, are... Asian leopards crossed with a tabby cat. I mean, go figure that whole thing out. But anyway, they've lived with us for 10 years. They're brilliant. They're brother and sister. But three weeks ago, they turned on each other. Properly turned on each other. Now they're screeching, attacking fur everywhere, even blood drawn. So we... (laughs) I've kind of been ignoring this, and now I realise it's really quite deeply stressful having two animals fighting in your home. So we have to keep them separate. They, anyway, blah, so that's just the thing, isn't it? Oh, my it? God. So you're actually living with wild animals. In a zoo. Yep. <laughs> oh More of a zoo. <laughs> um, it says something about a person when they choose to get a sort of Asian tiger as a house pet, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> it's like, mm. this, this is my spirit animal. This is who I really am. And look what's happening. They're absolutely brilliant Bengals because they can jump very high, so they can jump onto the top of a door lintel. So sometimes you'll find them high up. That sounds they, terrifying to me. But they also, this is something I never realised, they won't drink water out of a um, just bowl like a normal cat. They have to drink it out of a running tap because they're so used in the wild to not trusting stagnant water. So does that mean you have to have a water feature in your house? We, um, uh, <laughs> a, <cat>. a tap? <laughs> is that a water feature? I think that's it. But does it have to be on all day? No, no, no. They're quite fussy. They don't need very much water. Maybe that's why they're fighting. Oh, my God, maybe they're dehydrated. <laughs> they're yeah. really hot and thirsty. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're basically trying to suck each other's blood at anything to get some more liquid out of it. 
Okay, we've solved that. Perfect. Oh my God, how did we know that this podcast would be actually just sort of expert animal advice <laughs> as well as everything else? Anyway, um, so let's not kid ourselves. It's all about our mothers. What do you think about her, your mother's relationship with her face and body? Is there any advice that she gave you that um, has stuck with you or kind of totally messed with you? My mother is um, a very beautiful woman and hasn't really wrestled with her body or her face or aging in a way that is, you know, I often see other people's mothers beginning to do as we're, you know, 45 and they're all hitting 60 or 5 or 70 or whatever it is. She's also young, right? So she had me when she was 22. Okay. So sometimes I have this kind of whoa moment where I think I'm 45. I was 23 when mama was 45. And I think back to her then and I think, I remember thinking she was the squarest woman on the planet, which was completely untrue. And I said this to her once and she said to me, well, I just didn't want to upstage you. It was such a brilliant cut because on the one hand, she was saying, I, I accept I probably was making choices to wear, you know, mid-length skirts. On the other hand, she was saying, and if I tried, girlfriend, you'd have been in the dust. <laughs> and that's that's classic Louisa. My mum's brilliant. But I don't really remember any particular routine. She's always slathering herself in sun cream. That's a good thing, isn't it? Um, but she was always just nat- naturally tall, thin and beautiful. So it wasn't a complex thing. She, we didn't have a lot of money when I was young, so she wasn't spending you know, hours doing all this stuff. And, uh, and so talk us through the many faces of Martha. So <laughs> what, what, what's your first makeup memory for yourself? For myself, well, uh, luckily all you listeners can't actually see my face, but it's pretty simple stuff. My first makeup memory is adamant. I was so in love with Adamant. I thought he was just the hottest man on the planet. And I, for a long period of time, thought that I was pretty much like a female replica of him (laughs) with my thigh-high boots and my frilly shirt. And I looked pretty atrocious now. You see back photos. I also got very fluffy. So you were a new romantic? Partly, yes, I guess I was. So what did the new romantic wear on her face? Well, I think I did really um, play around with stripes. Yes, I, I did say you really stripes. had the lines, didn't yep, you? Yep, I did the neon stripes. I can remember doing that with a girlfriend. And then I also remember my best friend at school is a very wonderful woman called Abigail. And she taught me she's always done brilliant sort of cat eyes the thing is she has beautiful cat eyes and I don't so I remember ages of kind of terrible um you know whatever liner makeup liner trying to make myself look like eyes I didn't have so there's some quite early memories but I think my main battle was with my hair because it is very frizzy and I just look back now on pretty much everything pre having any money so anything pre 28 <laughs> and I think Jesus Christ what was going on with your hair it was so frizzy I could never really afford to blow dry and all that kind of stuff awful and did you sort of fling it around all over the place yeah and I had long you know so that was the kind of late 80s early 90s sort of long hair with lots of kind of a, but the day that I sorry it's not very young it's a when I was, was quite young I guess and we were starting lastminute.com and we took the company public and we'd been out on the road for you know six weeks it's a hardcore process going public especially when you're only 27 or whatever I was and we've finally gone to bed the night before the IPO at sort of three o'clock in the morning and I got up the next time I just literally put on my clothes I hadn't even had a shower I didn't really think that that would be probably the most photographed day of my life <laughs> and so I walked in and there's this I mean I look back at photos now I look like I was half dead and my hair is got sending signals up into orbit and I hope I'm really not a vain person but sometimes I do think oh for freak's sake what were you doing why, why did you just, you just get some kind of it was your Cherie Blair moment you really know when they was, when the, when exactly. she won the election and it got really was the, yeah it really so was. when you did finally have a bit of cash did you find you spent a disproportionate amount of it on your hair yes I really I only spend it on hair and false eyelashes <laughs> so uh I am in a funk when my hairdresser Sean is not available and I 
feel confident when my hair is blow dry. So do you have a lady to come to your house and stick on individual false eyelashes? I have a lady that I go to who sticks on individual false eyelashes. And it takes two hours? No, she's brilliant. She's called Cardial and she is uh, quick, so no, I can't do it for more than an hour. Yeah, because that's what drove me mad. And yeah. do you find that they, they rip out your natural eyelashes? Um, I don't know. I don't think I've got any <laughs> don't natural know, eyelashes don't care. <laughs> Exactly. Why do I worry about my natural eyelashes? <laughs> well, I can have these. You'll see in a, in a picture if we pop it up, but actually also, Martha, you've got pink hair. How long have you been having pink yes, hair? Yes, I've been having I've been having pink hair. Um, I used to have coloured hair when I was like 16, 17. I had a green streak for a while, but it really looked like seaweed. Now I look back on it. And so I started putting colour in my hair again. I think maybe with advancing years, I was thinking, help! So I started reverting like everybody. And so I've had the bright pink for about three years. And it goes, I was saying to you earlier, Emily, yes. it either is very bright if I'm feeling kind of bouncy or light now. I'm feeling a bit grumpy and dispirited. So it's a bit light. It's a brilliant early it's warning. It's like one of those mood fish. Yes, exactly. When yes. you're stuck to your head. <laughs> Like, oh, Martha's rocking the pale pink. Let's just let's just give her a wide berth. I might start that. This is going to be really helpful. You can um, just get an attachable one. You don't even. Need I find to. the hair thing actually. If I, when I think back at it, even though I have incredibly boring kind of like bob, but I mean, I had a really awful haircut when I was twelve. Like a sort of terrible, worse than a, like a bowl haircut gone wrong. And my mum said, "Oh, you're going to have to start wearing makeup." And I th- remember thinking, "Shit." I don't even know how to do that and I'm you know and it was terrible but now because of I get terrible roots um and my grow back is so fast how old 20 I started yeah 21 22 and um and I I now I'm so I've become obsessed with it Mm. of it being an indicator of somehow that my life well more of an indicator that somehow my life isn't under control if your roots are showing if my roots are showing so now I go like every four weeks I don't know how this has happened Anyway, well, um, it looks very pretty colour. Oh, thank you any so consolation, much. I understand because I think it becomes bound up in your self-identity in a weird way. You are the most extraordinary champion of women, as I said before in the intro. Thank you. Um, and well, you and you have to get up a lot and talk. What do you do on the days when you don't feel confident? <laughs> um, well, you know, it's a, it's a just a trick. It's an act, and um, I think that my frustrated. So backing right up back to my mother, my mother was a very good actress, but not quite good enough to be an actress. And my grandmother, when she got into RADA, said, oh, you can't do that. You can't possibly be an actress. So she sort of nuked her ambition. My mother, who had no proper education and wasn't allowed to go to university. So I always had to act. We went to theatre. And I did a lot of acting at school. Luckily, I was at a boys' school for quite a lot of my life. So I got a lot of parts because there weren't very many girls. And it took me a long time to realise I actually wasn't very good. (laughs) But when I did realise I wasn't very good, luckily I became an entrepreneur, which is also like acting and performing. And it's not that you have to be good at performing to be an entrepreneur, of course, but there is an element of showmanship, possibly in a bad way. Anyway, um, so perhaps it's just that I've doubled down on that stuff that I know I can do, but it is a trick. And especially post the accident, you know, I walk with a stick, I, you know, my body's covered in scars, I have a lot of problems with continence and pain and all this stuff. So it is an act and you have to just switch a flick in your brain that's like off to on and that's it and you just have to kind of deny all the things that are wrong or cater for them you know with all the things that I need every day and then perform and then you go away again yeah but it is that conscious it's like each little step to the performance I guess well I hope I'm not kind of acting to a degree of being a different person because I don't have to be a different person but I do have to hide a whole bunch of stuff. What's it like when the adrenaline leaves your body? <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't, f- I f- a relief. <laughs> I don't is it? Know. Is it? I don't know, I'm, that's a good question. I'm not sure I've really thought about it like that. I feel as though, um, 
you know, life is much as I hate it. It's just, it's really hard to explain it. I mean, everyone has their shit, right? But if you have got some profound physical challenges and you might two things are pain and continence, right? It's like a bit of your brain is always thinking about those things. And so just a bit of your brain is not able to think about other stuff. It just takes brain space. And I'm sure you guys so it's have personality got, altering. Yeah, it is a bit. Can we just put it in context? So you had a very, a very bad car crash. Sorry, didn't you? Everyone, everyone should know my story, not <laughs> no, at all. No, no. Um, I had a very bad car crash in 2004. I fell out of a car in Morocco. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. I broke 28 bones. I had a stroke. And then I was in hospital pretty much the next two years. On a, I mean, for a long time and then out for a bit and then back. And uh, I'm lucky to be able to walk because I uh, had very good care. And frankly, because I had money, I could get out of Morocco where we had the accident and I could go fast track to the John Radcliffe intensive care unit in UK and then go to military hospitals and hospitals under there, all that stuff. Um, and genuinely, not much time goes by without me thinking of people who have parallel experiences and either dead or in a wheelchair. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for, despite something. I mean, it's, a sort of, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost insulting, the obvious thing to say, but I can't imagine how that would change your relationship with your physical self. Yes. You're not just the way that you look no. and as a woman and yep. all it's that tough. stuff. It's really tough. Yeah. It's really tough. And I don't really talk about it very much. And I don't really even talk about it with myself very much mm. because I think there's, you know, sometimes there's a point. I remember reading what my mum said about. Uh, People uh, in wars suffering from extreme post-traumatic stress disorder, which you know, in some ways is quite similar to, not that I remember the accident part, but the kind of recovery part is quite similar to what I went through. And pretty much all of the psychology shows that the thing to do is to go through in real detail the trauma once and then just put it in a box, put it in your brain and get rid of it. And so it did that about the period of time I was quite intensely in hospital. And then the kind of daily stuff, I can't really go there because otherwise you would put up so many barriers to doing stuff that my coping mechanism is just to deny it. Also, it would be self-monitoring to the point yes. where you wouldn't be able to exactly. function no, or think, to act. No, I can't also, there, I can't also, it would mess with your instinct. And as a businesswoman, you need that, right? Yeah. And you need to connect with people. I'm not a very good businesswoman, but I guess, but as a human being. But famously, well. Martha Fox, famously a terrible businesswoman. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what we were saying. I think yeah. you need it as a human being, you're right. But yes, it's so complicated and there's so much there and uh, it's really tough. It's really mm -hmm. tough. Um, and so when you when you have to go on, you have to talk, do you have any little tricks or little hacks that you do to, to kick yourself? Do you have any affirmations or any sort of... Or no, do you it's not so much like that, but I, as I said, I do have a kind of... I flick a switch in my mind. So it is literally like going from on to off and thinking just... Yeah. If you start to be like that, then you become... It's like being a terrible game show host. You are a bit more like that, aren't you? If you raise your voice and you're enthusiastic you, and you sit... I find sitting up straight, all that kind smiling. of stuff. Smiling. No, it's true, though. I'm all those stupid too. things... And then uh, the other thing I guess I do, which Chris, my husband, always teases me about, is I have three things in my head. So I, when I'm doing big speeches, then I always try and learn them because I think it's boring to watch someone either using a PowerPoint or read something. And I think it's easier to, to engage like that and move around with the audience. So I always try and hook things around groups of three, which is such a weird trick, but it really works. So I kind of think, OK, I'm going to go from this to this to that with these three things. And I think about it visually so that I'm sort of knowing where I'm going all the time. And I don't feel overwhelmed because threes are kind of manageable. Yeah, so it gives you a path. Yeah, exactly. Because actually, my memory is pretty much gone. I could probably remember three things, yeah, but yeah. I don't know if I could remember, you know, 20 years ago, I could have remembered 25 things. Exactly. So just pick off the three that you yeah. want to keep going back to and talking about. So those are some But makeup things. is not part of your armour. 
Makeup isn't. What do but you hair wear is, on your skin? Is, your skin is very yeah, your good. Skin is very What's good. going on with your skin? No, well, I, it's a, again, it is a miracle because I've had so I have so many drugs inside me, mostly prescription. Um, <laughs> that uh, it is quite extraordinary. I've got some patches now. Anyway, whatever. Um, I just think it's genetic luck. I really do. No tinted moisturizer. I put something on this morning because I be- thought I better put some SPF on. So I put uh, Charlotte Tilbury. Mm, something or other that's got factor 15 in it with the tint with the tint it's very good um, but literally like that on my nose i'm not exaggerating that on my cheeks it wasn't like a whole <laughs> smoothing process um otherwise i put on a cream called avino cream all over oh, my body yeah. i use avino there you go that's it that is it i don't have any special posh face cream what about scent i and this was not because of joining the board i've always worn chanel <laughs> but I have to say, I'm really looking forward to going to the Chanel um, laboratory where they make the, the essence of the scent. And which ones? Which Chanel? Oh, ones? now uh, um, Chance is the one I really like. Ah, that's very young and fresh. It's quite young, yeah. exactly, as someone said. I feel quite alarmed by the thought that a smell can be aging yeah. or not. I mean, that seems a strange thing to me, don't you think? I mean, I don't know. I sometimes I feel we, like. Don't you think we've always grown up saying, oh, that's a granny smell? Yes, but it's funny, a, though, isn't it? Yeah. To think that because somebody wears a certain type of smell that they've become a certain sort of age but I think that's why people change their scent actually because it's because it reminds them of 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 a a period of a different generation or once they hit or once they hit it they sort of go oh no that's actually an incredibly strong memory of my mother my mother and my grandmother and all my grandmother's sisters and family always wore Guerlain and I can smell Matsuko particularly just all over our house and it's such a wonderful smell and I'm still always I have a whiff I don't know if they still make it but I have a whiff Matsuko Samsara was another lovely girl my first the first perfume I ever sort of worked and saved to pay for was Shalimar right what is in your cabinet of wonders today. Mm. Well, Emily, I'm glad you've asked. So um, let's say you're going out and let's say you've got a big work due or you've got a date or you've got some like hideous school reunion or you're going somewhere you're going to see an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband and... uh, And you're not going to cancel? For some reason you can't. Like it's like penalty of death. You can't cancel. No cancelling. But um, you know there are various things that get in the way of uh, confidence and general hotness. Um, and it might be a vast spot. Might be a bit of bloat. Um, it might be uh, you know like a, you know like dodgy complexion. You look a bit dull. And I've got lots of solutions for those. Basically, you know certain concealers and certain control underwear solutions um, but and certain uh, 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 fake tans but what happens if your hair is has gone completely limp and lacklustre um, and even if you just washed it you've done everything you can to it and it's gone really limp and lacklustre, then what do you do nothing should be limp nothing in our lives should be limp so here's what you do you use dry shampoo because dry shampoo is very very useful obviously if your hair's a bit dirty and you just want to you know get it you want to pick up some of the grease brush it out and then it's gone it gives you another day from you know a blow dry if you ever have a blow dry which i don't i don't know if you do uh i mean i run out of the hairdresser with wet hair yeah screaming (laughs) um but the point of dry shampoo is not just to use it as, as dry shampoo the point of dry shampoo is to use it as a styling tool and that was a little bit more difficult until recently because dry shampoo tends to be white so if you're blonde, you're laughing. But if you're a brunette, 
like I am, then you end up with, you know, very chalky hair. It's obvious you've done something quite weird to it and you look quite odd. Um, but what they what they have nowadays, which always makes me feel terrible, nowadays, nowadays. these days, um, are invisible dry shampoos. And a very good example of one of these is Percy and Reed. Actually, Percy and Reed is a very good brand. They do a really good root lifting mousse. They do all sorts of good things. It's kind of, it's, um, it's a good brand to know about. It's not cheap, but it's not sort of charlatan expensive. Anyway, so you give it a shake. Doesn't it sound like those sprays? Like those, like, you know. Just reminds me of those, like, neon sprays that we used to spray on our hair. I was about to say graffiti sprays, like I've ever graffitied (laughs) anything, but yeah. Yes, Annabelle, under the West. What would my tag be? Um, The boss. The boss. But, um, I'm I'm, I'm shaking it. And, um, uh, you know, this is the one to keep in your desk drawer or your handbag, whatever. Because I tell you why. It's not just that it gets it gets rid of grease and grime. It does. It gives hair muscle. And if you've got thick hair, you won't know what I'm talking about. If you've got fine hair, you'll know exactly what I mean. And it's mean that when you need the root to look like it means business and not just to sort of fall around your ears doing sort of, um, you know, being pathetic. So it takes a, a weedy, whining little limp strand of hair and, 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 and gives it some oomph. Um, and so, you know, what I would always do if I had to if I had to go out and look nice is I'd take day-old hair, so it's been washed at least 24 hours ago, um, and then I'd take my Babyliss big hairbrush, which is really a proper, proper game-changer and a life-changer. So it's a rotating bristle brush that blows hot air through it. So it gives you those kind of blunt ends you might get the hairdresser, and it sorts out root frizz. So, so, so that I, I would, um, I'd spray on my dry shampoo, then I take this rotating brush and just make sure that it's that my hair is sort of pointing vaguely in the right directions. Um, and then I'd add more dry shampoo, then brush it out, back home it and spray it. How big would your hair be? I mean, enormous, but that's just my, you know, that's just my preference. But, um, but even if it starts big, you can then, it's easier to make hair big and bring it down than to have lank hair and expect it to, you know, to, to have some, some life in it. So that's really my thing about dry shampoo, invisible dry shampoo, is um, use it even if you've just washed your hair. If you've just washed your hair because it was so filthy, you were completely disgusting and you couldn't leave the house or you'd been to the gym, whatever. If you've just washed your hair, then use dry shampoo on clean hair because it will just give it some, you know, some oomph and some strength. And if you've got fine hair, you'll know what I'm talking about. It turns baby hair into, you know, grown-up hair. Would you like me to try it on you? Are you going to give me sexy bed hair? I'm going to walk across the um, the studio right now. Off come my headphones. Okay. <clears throat> Very good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> if you're Have a look at yourself. It feels kind of beachy. I suddenly feel, just like you having sprayed that, and it took, whatever, three seconds of, of air, hair time, <laughs> um, that, um, that I've got sort of slightly... Like a attitude, actually, yeah, a little bit of attitude, yeah. a little bit of like, hey, a little bit, may, maybe a bit of kind of like, oh. Uh, but you know, I sometimes think you get to thirty-five, and all you really need is attitude. I think it helps so much because I think so so much of our my whole kind of thing is sort of self-deprecation and apology and kind of sorry, sorry, invisibility and whatever. Actually, you know what? My hair has got attitude. Maybe I'm going to have a little bit more attitude. I'm sitting straighter. Pulling in my pelvic floor. <laughs> Check me out. And all it takes is dry shampoo. So, Martha, can we talk about your uniform? One of the things that adds to the general ennui about having a cataclysmically bad car accident is not being able to wear any shoe except a flat train, basically. Yeah. Right. And I know it's not a thing. And now I look at 
high heels and I think sometimes they are instruments of torture and which is a way of containing women and I've written this handmade story in my head which I think is probably true but I did have some very beautiful high heel shoes and I didn't know what to do with them so I just put them out on my mantelpiece like ornaments which is really. sort of where they belong yes because they are a not. nightmare no but this is <laughs> this is probably the worst example because Literally about a week before the accident, I bought a pair of Yves Saint Laurent black and white high heel lace-up shoes, and they're oh. beautiful. They're like something out of the Great Gatsby. I love them. Never wore them. I put them out in my bedroom because I thought, oh, they're so lovely. They do look like little miniatures, whatevers. And um, cut to nearly two years later when I come back home, finally, one of the first things I see is these shoes, but they've gone sort of yellow in the sun. I really? Thought, Honestly, though, I mean, I'm... Listen... The, the heel thing, I haven't worn heels for you. One of the things I'm so grateful about not working for a kind of big yes, kind of corporate company or whatever is yeah. that I don't, don't even have to even Because pretend. you wear heels to be polite. Sometimes yeah. you wear makeup to be polite. Yes, yeah. that's definitely true. You know, it's not to do with prettiness or attractiveness or feeling or feeling great about yourself. It's just to show that you've made yes. some kind of, to show yeah. that you're in the game in some yeah. way, yeah. Or on the game in some way. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, um, and what about hormones? Tell us yes. about your hormones. I Annabelle's have them apparently. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of them um, because I uh, had a hysterectomy after the accident and had the menopause very early and all this stuff. I feel like uh, it's been, again, just a long part of the last 10 years, really. But um, they say that when you get it right, it becomes a kind of power surge when they yeah. get the balance of hormones right. I mean, I'm okay. hoping because at the moment <laughs> I'm having all sorts of surges, that. none of them powerful. No, I would be with you in that journey. Um, let me know when you find that the right switch. Um, no, it's again, because in the grand scheme of all the stuff that happened, me didn't feel like the biggest thing it was bound up on all the other stuff but it would definitely teach me because there was a period of time where my home they hadn't got my hormones even vaguely right and I was just I'm quite awake anyway but I was just awake and I'm not a very artistic person but I stenciled the whole house and Chris would come down in the morning and he'd say why are there three small owls in the loo and I'm like I did it in the night he goes what has happened to you and then fish all over the kitchen he likes fish don't you like the fish? No, it's just weird. You've never done anything artistic. It's hardly artistic. It's like stenciling so crazily. stenciling. Nuts. I mean, any time of the day, I just wasn't asleep. I can almost not bear oh, to ask God. you, but do you actually sleep? I do, I do sleep. Ever. I, I do sleep. But I've never slept that much, and I don't, I'm not kind of crazy, Mrs. Thatcher. I think sleep is brilliant. It's just I don't seem to need that much of it. It's, so and now with pain, if I wake up, I'm up because it's hard to get back to sleep. But that's okay. That's okay. It's fine. It's just, it's a thing. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. It is one of the not terrible bits. The sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that the, the, I, the older I get, the more I want sleep and the more yeah. I crave it and the more elusive it is as a result. Mm. <laughs> and it's... Have you ever done any meditating? I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> yes, I do. In fact, actually, I had really bad... Um, pain the other day and I meditated because of my tooth and I meditated myself back to sleep well done. thank you because my friend did this app called Calm which has been a very oh, successful yeah. app and I've listened to it only once but it really struck me that we haven't even begun to tap into all of these things as, you know, to I tried us. Calm I had um, uh, my sleep went well I stopped sleeping because of anxiety I think last year and it was sort of catastrophically um, hard hitting and I tried calm and it was very pleasant it didn't make me sleep, make sleep but it was very but pleasant it makes you feel a bit more yeah it's quite um, nice it's got so you can listen to the shipping forecast on yeah. it and that kind of yes, thing exactly. I quite like the blue bubble that goes yes. that tells you to deep that breath you breathe in and out it's quite, it's quite useful actually and they have shown haven't they now I think this is right although it might be MLF made up fact that 10 minutes of meditation when you've cracked it like you get your brain into the zone replenishes brain cells better than any other thing anything else 
Better than sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Better than anything. So even you just that's what I keep trying to think about. Okay, next year I'm going to try and track the t- track, crack the ten minutes of calm. I know, and ten minutes doesn't no, sound like a lot. No, it's just exactly. finding. It's but it's is it ju- it's finding that space, yeah. physical space as well, yes. to hide and yeah. do it. Well, what and I found when I wasn't sleeping was the only ten minutes I had in the day from because I wasn't going to do it at four in the morning. I just sort of was in the evening, and then I just fall asleep because I was so exhausted, yeah. and it would just maybe we should maybe <clears> we should for, do enforced meditation at in, the mid alt in the office. Yes, meditation. Jack Dorsey, CEO and founder of Twitter is very interested in meditation and makes everyone do meditation before meetings and has got like you know one of the world expert buddhist monks to come in and do senior leadership team meditation stuff so i was joking that we should do it at the beginning of a board meeting i was about to say so you're on the board so yes. and did he say yes he hasn't replied to my hilarious joke yet. <laughs> but i feel like well why not i think it's it sounds like it's company policy exactly um do they meditate at chanel no <laughs> <laughs> Quoi? <laughs> And how do you feel about, I mean, we've been talking, we, we always talk about all of our imperfections, but how do you feel about the idea of the sort of perfect woman, this sort of hideous... Um, I mean, I don't... <laughs> going back to the accident. You know, it's just, it's so game over for me in those yeah. ways. You know, my whole body is covered with scars. I'm wrestling with something which feels so much more profound than yeah. my face ageing, and I want to feel strong and healthy. I set myself a physical challenge every year because that's helped me just move on from just the relentlessness of it. And this year I thought I want to be able to deadlift my own weight. So by by the anniversary... I mean, you're only small, but still. (laughs) Seriously, I did it. Ta-da! Did you? Yes. 56 kilograms from the floor. Is that what dead? Is that what deadlifting yeah. means? Dead is apparently. What Do you bend your knees? Muscles. Yes. Well, you, your knees slightly bent, but your back straight. Right. And you, it's like a barbell. Like it's like the weightlifting competition that you yeah. see. You know. Like the that exactly. Were you oiled up in a bikini? <laughs> Thankfully for everybody, including my trainer. No, no I was not. Uh, probably Did you in my pajamas? Because it's the grunting that always is. It's like. <laughs> oh, I probably shouted. Yes, we definitely have very. Left but you know, I even, but I know you might even think that about things like like diets i mean i it's all very well being able to zip up a hot dress but i quite want to be able to tie my shoelaces in 20 years you know it just starts all that stuff starts to leave you yeah yep i totally agree and i think for me you know being strong Mm. is so much more important so i am quite obsessive about exercising way more than worrying about so and what do you do do you do hit or do you do well i can't run and i can't jump and i can't do stuff like that so i do a lot of weights and I do a lot of my fixed bike. So I'll say to my somebody, oh, I've been for a long bike this morning. They're like, what? I'm just like sitting in my gym on my bike. <laughs> but I'm quite excited because, not yet, but I'm going to try and save up to buy a bike that's got a um, virtual reality or something headset. Oh, so you can actually really good, so it could actually bicycle be through the Himalayas. Exactly. Yeah. How so that's brilliant. what I think I might treat myself to in the next year. And you're going walking. And you? I like walking, yeah. I um, It helps clear my head and feel a bit more in control of stuff. So uh, my best friend Shawnee and I are going walking in Finland. Why Finland? Um, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. We really wanted to go to Helsinki because it sounded kind of bonkers and fun and there's constant daylight. And we were going to go to Iceland, but it was too expensive, so we're going to go to Finland. Fabulous. Okay, I've got one last question. Given you revolutionised the karaoke industry, oh, yes. what is your karaoke number? Well, um... It's probably I'm still standing because everybody thinks that's so funny. But actually, much better if you're a truly shocking singer like me is Love Cats because you cannot sing it badly because it's so flat. So that's quite a good one. Thank you very much, Martha, for coming. My pleasure. Uh, it's been absolutely great. 
You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Medult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Just because you are frightened doesn't mean you're not brave. Thank you.